0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. Mark Miller Subaru, bringing you DJ and PK and Riley Jensen, our college football insider. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? Well, you know, we're curious. After a couple games here, your Aggies played Boise State, and obviously Boise State dominated that game, except for one, I don't know, 10 to 15-minute stretch there in the second half. Uh, What does it tell you about a BYU-Boise State matchup if anything, what did you figure out this this past weekend?
1: well I think I think I think Boise State's pretty good, but I also think I, I don't think Utah State and I don't I don't think this is something that Gary wouldn't wouldn't tell you face to face I think they they struggled in a lot of aspects of the games um, you know watching watching them tackle watching their offense I mean there's there's a lot of improvement that needs to take place for Utah State. However, I would consider Utah State to be equal to most of the teams that BYU has played, if not better. And so when you're looking at that, I think Utah State needs to improve. Um, With the exception of Houston, I think Utah State's a better team than most of the teams that BYU's played. So I guess the long answer that I'm giving right now is BYU is very good boise state is very good i'm looking forward to that matchup and that will be a great matchup for byu to see exactly where they are
2: that's all well and good but how jacked are you for the reboot of saved by the bell
1: (laughs) you know there's part of me that's a little bit excited about that because you know that, that's right in my wheelhouse. I mean, we're talking yep. about Zach. We're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. that, was, that was a fun yep. show to watch back in the day. Of
2: course. No, of course. Of I'm course. Not,
1: I'm not jacked up at all. I, I, in fact, <laughs> until you just until you just said that, I had no idea there was a reboot. So thanks for ruining my day.
0: <laughs> you yanked I, your chain. You're not going to stand I, for that. I just made your year.
2: <laughs> right? I didn't ruin you. The no. idea of Kelly Kapowski... Oh, Lord. <laughs> no words. No words. <laughs>
1: Listen, you know, usually I just have a bad five minutes and I like to milk it all day. That's what I'm going to do today. I don't really have bad days. I just have a bad five minutes and I milk. Today, I'm going to milk it all day. I'm going to be a miserable person. I'm going to talk about how PK ruined my day all day over Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I, and, and when you ask me why, PK, I'm going to say, I learned it from you, PK. I learned it from watching you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, you and I, and along with millions of others, if not hundreds of millions of others, will be watching Save by the Bell reboot, that's for sure. And then we'll compare <laughs> notes on how much we liked it when it airs. I don't even know when it's airing or what station. But whatever it is, we'll get back to that. But for now, we'll do a little football
0: this okay, thing okay. that
2: uh, Zach Wilson, man, getting so much run nationally, and this quarterback stuff, and this quarterback, these quarterback gurus, these things, these guys have been around for a while. I mean, when I worked down in California, there was a couple of guys that you heard that quarterbacks that were going to SC, these Orange County guys, they were going to, and these guys were sort of below the radar because there wasn't as much publicity that gets out now. And, and now we're hearing about John Beck and and how uh, the, what's Wilson is taking Uber to get down there or whatever, whatever he's doing. Uh, what do you think about it? What is making this such a big story? Because there's got to be more to it. It's got to be beneficial to the kids. So what's actually going on there that makes it beneficial? <clears throat> to, to be
1: honest with you, I I, I really like what so. And you'll remember this name, PK, because I know you've been involved in the baseball world. But the guy who really started this and 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 really started the company that John Beck works for is Tom House. Yeah. And Tom House is an old baseball guy, right? Uh, with a scientific background, and he's broken down the throws of pitchers into scientific elements. He's broken the throws of football quarterbacks into the scientific elements, and he's been able to to land some big names so and, and I think the genius or the, the 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 intuitive move by Tom House was to hire really really good former NFL quarterbacks that, that know what they're doing they may not have been a huge name but, but they knew what they were doing like John Beck um, there's a guy out of Arizona State that they've hired there's a few different quarterbacks that they've hired and look uh, I mean, I I won't mention any names of, like, high school kids, but they all go down there with hopes that if, if Tom House and John Beck and these guys feel like these guys are big-time quarterbacks, I mean, they're buying some of the networking to get to the next level, right? So, you know, John Beck knows guys at BYU, he knows guys from around the NFL that are now coaching college, <clears throat> and so do these other quarterbacks, and so does Tom House. And then the kids get a cool opportunity to work out with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and there's all kinds of guys that fly down to Orange County and work out with these guys. There's some quarterbacks that I know, and I know there's one that, that actually lives here locally in the off season that was a pro quarterback, who actually didn't like to go there because he felt like it was too scientific and that they were trying to break it down too much. And he's like, look, if I've made it to the NFL, I've made it because I can throw the ball. Not because you know, not because I need to like work on my mechanics. He goes, I can pay anyone to put me through a workout. <laughs> so depending on who you are, you like it. But they're making a big story out of this uh, with John Beck and Tom House. But and and I'm not trying to take away from those guys because I, I think they do a fantastic job. But Zach Wilson was going to be an NFL type quarterback regardless of whether he was driving down there on weekends. To me, I mean, I I just felt. I've felt for a long time that Zach has all the tools that as long as he puts it together on the field as far as reads and all that kind of stuff, um, that he was going to be great. So I really feel like the credit goes to Aaron Roderick for, um, for developing this guy. I think one of the things that I've complained about at BYU in particular over the years is that BYU quarterbacks and some of the players in different positions had not improved while they were at BYU. So I thought they were good players coming out of high school, they were highly talented recruits, all that kind of stuff, and then they didn't improve. To me, there's nothing that Riley Jensen can do in a personal workout with Zach Wilson that's going to help him to be able to read the field better, to actually like see the moving parts and make the throws against the 7-on-7 defense, but Aaron Roderick can, and Aaron Roderick can help him study and watch and learn and then Implement plays in the practice scenario that are that are going to make him better, and I'm just I'm surprised that Aaron Roderick's not getting a little bit more run for doing such a great job with Zach. and And Zach is a great quarterback, but I also I also think that Zach's improved quite a bit under the tutelage of Aaron Roderick.
0: So a couple things: uh, there are guys who, after they do the maximum amount of time with their coach, in this case Aaron Roderick. Uh, want to hang out and do other stuff. And so I think part of this story is, hey, this guy wanted to work around the clock, around the calendar, and he didn't care about 10- or 12-hour drives to Southern California. And so that's part of the story, how, how much he wants to work. But I think for teams going forward, you know, there's a, as soon as the NCAA has a rule, then schools, coaches, teams start trying to figure out how to get around the rule. So how does a school line up someone for the guys who are driven and the guys who want to invest the time once they hit the 20-hour rule and once they hit these periods in the calendar where there's a blackout time and coaches can't work with players, how do they set something up so guys can get in more work and more reps? Because some guys want and need it, and some may want time away or whatever and have other stuff going on in their life. But how do they set that up? Because clearly there's value in that if nothing else that it builds confidence in players even if it's just repeating the same stuff they've already heard
1: well i mean i know for a fact just because i know of cam cooper up at washington state when he's playing for leach leach was like look go go to your quarterback coach during the season if you want go to your quarterback coach on the weekends he goes I'm going to teach you how to call. I'm I'm going to call the plays. I'm going to teach you how to read it. Go get your fundamentals and get all that kind of stuff with your individual quarterback coach. And some of those guys up at Washington State were flying down to Southern California and we're flying down to San Francisco. And I mean, you'll remember this name, uh, PK. There's a guy named Rob Johnson. There's a guy named Steve Clarkson. Those are there's, the guys I was thinking guys of yeah. that are doing all yeah. these quarterback trainings. Um, you know. Um, and, and there's guys locally that are working out, you know, college quarterbacks on the weekends. The, the cool thing I think that we can take from this about Zach Wilson, he's always been a football rat. He's always been the kid that can't get enough, that was willing to quit basketball his senior year where he was the starting point guard for two years just so that he could get in the weight room more and make more throws. I mean, this, this kid loves the game of football. And um, sometimes that works against you, you know, where, where I, I think he made a comment his freshman year, like I, I, I plan on beating the Utes three times before I'm graduated here, and, and he had a couple of tough losses, right? And I'm sure he would love to play against the University of Utah this year sometime. And, but, but he's a football rat, and he has high expectations for himself. He has high expectations for the guys that are around him. And I think it's serving him well right now because this, is, this, this schedule has, has been really, really good for BYU to build some confidence back and to build some of their swagger back. And Zach Wilson, regardless of who he's playing against, has made the next step. And that step is probably going to cash in a lot of money for him on the next level in the NFL.
2: Yeah, it's, it's the word funny isn't the right word, but it's sort of funny in that uh, you bring up Aaron Roderick as much because I think it was the second game, maybe the third game, but I think it was the second game after they kept making a big deal about this quarterback situation going down to Southern California. I got a communication from one of the BYU coaches that said, thank God John Beck saved our season. And, uh, <laughs>
1: See what I mean? I mean, I mean, really, like, I mean, I I think it's great. And and I am not taking anything away. Uh, I do a lot of of coaching on the side. But you're limited as as to what you can do, right? You're limited as to what you can help them with. If you're not in a scenario where you can teach them a fundamental and then add in seven on seven and add a team practice situation to help them actually develop it. And, And Eric Roderick has done a great job. And Aaron Roderick has never been a guy that beats on his chest. He's never been a guy that's a me guy that has to have a lot of compliments or a lot of exposure for the things that he he does. But I think we're starting to see that a seasoned veteran coach down at BYU is doing some good things with Zach Wilson.
2: I wanted to ask you about, uh, we talked about it earlier in the week, about this idea of when it comes to recruiting that you make a pledge to a guy and a kid makes a pledge to you and you don't recruit anybody else because obviously that's what played out with this Tuttle situation or we don't even know if Zach Wilson is at BYU. And then we see SC has got, Multiple offers. They've got multiple commitments. They're just—they're not just uh, orally. They're not uh, anything that can be signed. yet. And what do you think about that? As far as I'm wondering about the quarterback, I'll come here if you don't sign anybody else. In my mind, does that sort of scream a little bit? Uh, I don't want any competition. Yeah, I think
1: I think University of Utah has learned they've learned from that situation. And I actually, you know, we've been talking about Aaron Roderick, and I think, I mean, he was the one that was going to land Jack Tuttle, and he was the one that recruited Jack Tuttle. And I think he just thought that he was the right guy, and so they thought that it was the right thing to do. Um, Unfortunately, quarterbacks transfer. And if things don't go well, they transfer. So I think, I think coaches are trying to play that fine line between being – uh, dedicated to the guy that they really want, they think is the best quarterback that that is the that fits their program, and they're trying to play that line between um, having a guy that's not afraid to compete, but also getting a guy that you don't want to lose because there's so many other people that want him, right? And so, you know, Zach got picked up late, and listen, I have this theory. I have this theory on quarterbacks, and you guys can tell me what you think about it. But there's there's a problem with quarterbacks feeling like they've arrived. If there's it, so, and I can go back through the years, and I can like make an argument for this in the NFL. But like, maybe John Elway and Peyton Manning are the exceptions to this rule. But for the most part, almost every quarterback that's been successful in the NFL has some sort of story that keeps a giant chip on their shoulders. So, I mean, just just one that I know really well, Philip Rivers is from Alabama. Do you think that he wanted to play? Like, do you think his first choice growing up was to play for North Carolina State and be a quarterback at North Carolina State? No. Uh, Drew Brees grew up in Texas. Do you think that his first choice was to play at Purdue? Right? Do you think Jordan Love out of Utah State, and I don't, I don't mean this to like hurt Utah State's feelings, but do you think that he grew up thinking, man, if I could just get to Utah State <laughs> to play, I know that everything's going to fall into place. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers, playing junior college football, and then playing for Cal Berkeley, who's mid to lower um, Pac-10, even when he's playing, do you think that was his dream school? And so these guys, these quarterbacks, when they still have a chip on their shoulder, when they still have... Something to work for. I think that things work out better for them because they feel like they still have something to prove. Whereas there's other guys, and and you know we've done this before on the show where I've gone through Elite Eleven. I mean, Elite Eleven, like the success rate of Elite Eleven is it, they pick they pick like 25 percent of those guys, and they go to the NFL. I feel like I could do that, right? Like I, I feel like you and DJ and PK. Like me, us three in this room, we could go through and we could pick out the best players in the country we think that are high school quarterbacks. I think we could land 25% of them in the NFL,
2: right? Yeah, right. But, the most yeah.
1: Part, but for the most part, Elite 11 guys transfer three times. There's, And right. so the thing that you can't pick out are guys that really want to work and really want to compete. And when guys really want to compete, that's when the magic happens, especially at the quarterback position.
0: So how would you suggest that coaches adjust their recruiting? Because you told us earlier in this interview, Riley Jensen, our college football insider, former Aggie quarterback, that you thought Zach had NFL caliber skills. I'm paraphrasing. You can adjust that if you want. Coming out of high school, you thought he had a chance. And yet, the local schools, at the start, nobody wants him. Now, BYU, late in the game, Kalani goes there and does the whole apology. I should have been talking to you earlier. I should have offered you earlier. And they get him. But early on, none of them are going after him. And he's got to go up to a Boise State camp and show his stuff and convince those guys, oh, here's, this is the overlooked guy that Boise State's been powering a program for 20 years with. If you know it, how come none of them know it? Or is there something about the recruiting process? They know it, but they're not invested in him for one reason or another. The Utes, because they think Tuttle is probably going to be an NFL guy. Maybe the Aggies don't think they can get him. I don't know that backstory. How would you adjust the recruiting process so this doesn't happen? Because he almost slipped through the net and almost didn't play in the state.
1: Well, I mean, Utah State did offer him. Okay. Um, but um, this, is what I, this is what I think happens. I there's too much, and, and as much as college coaches want to fool us into thinking that you know, they're crossing all their T's and dotting all their I's, but there's, and, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to a movement that was going on in the country, but there's too much Me Too going on um, with college recruiting. It's like, oh, wait, how come, how come Cal Berkeley offered this guy? Or, uh-huh. uh, I, you haven't even told me anything about this quarterback. Well, I mean I can offer him. I mean I talked to him. dude, we need to offer this guy. We you know, and then they get in this pressure situation where they're like, How come we haven't offered and they don't do their homework. They they don't do their homework. Typically the teams that do their homework do a better job and I've and I've said on this interview before, when Cam Cooper was being recruited by the likes of Georgia and you know, all around the country, just like Jackson Dart's getting recruited at Corner Canyon now, there was only three coaches who really did their homework who wanted to know what this guy was like off the field besides looking at film and just talking to the kid on the phone they were they were ready they were ready to pull the trigger right but they weren't they weren't going in depth like what kind of a student is he they didn't talk to teachers to find out like what kind of a kid is he really i know the coaches tell me that he's a great kid they're not they're not even asking the coaches is this guy the type of guy that like gets in the film room and likes to look at film that understand that understands that he has to be a little bit different to be a quarterback on the next level. And, I mean, I think Ed Larson at Lehigh was very surprised by that process, that there wasn't more people that that asked him about his study habits, about how much he loves the game, all that kind of stuff with Cam Cooper. Now, maybe, some, maybe more did with, with Zach Wilson, but I feel like Zach, I mean, he slipped through the cracks. Number one, because he wasn't quite as big a frame to start with. But I also think a lot of kids in the state of Utah slip through the cracks because nobody has exploded like Zach Wilson on the next level. And I think Zach Wilson is doing a huge favor to quarterbacks in the state of Utah right now because if he goes on and he plays in the NFL and he plays well, I promise you there are going to be a lot more teams from around the country that are in the state of Utah going, hey, if they got Zach Wilson out of the state of Utah and he was playing against that competition and he did that well on the next level, then there can be other quarterbacks. And I think maybe even Jackson Dart might already be someone that's like, you know, um receiving some of the love of the success of Zach Wilson. Now Jackson's really well and he's really good in his own right. So um I've always said, and I've I've said it on this show, as soon as somebody breaks through from the state of Utah You're going to see it open up, and it won't just be offensive and defensive linemen and linebackers that get recruited from the state of Utah. It'll be quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, all positions when a quarterback makes it big on the next level.
0: All right, thanks, Riley. As always, we appreciate it. And uh, saved by the bell, I guess just follow your conscience.
1: (laughs) I'll, I'll see you guys around. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Oh, man. Well, anyway, even without the sounder, it's a win ticket Wednesday here on the Zone Sports Network. The Utah Snowmobiles show is Friday from 4.